Coming up, I'm going to reveal the one person that you must have in your life to meet your potential. And then the five traits of a great coach. Oh, this is going to be so good, I promise. Let's go. All right, we're here to help you win personally so you can grow professionally. That's the goal. Here we go. I'm Ken, and uh, this is my show. They call it the Ken Coleman Show. Very creative. We spent a lot of time coming up with that name. We really did. All right. How many of you right now are at a point in your life where you are hungry to learn and hungry to grow? Okay. Now that we've established who that is, um, let's dive into this. And and I want to challenge you that uh, limiting yourself to just learning a new school, a skill, excuse me, uh, in a school or on an online class or training or webinar, and I do all these things, or a YouTube video, if you limit yourself to that, you aren't going to reach your potential. Now, those are great, but if you just limit yourself, and here's the deal, in today's world, because now we have podcasts and YouTube videos and webinars and books and conferences and on and on and on and on it goes, we have access to more information, which is great than ever before. We had more access than ever before. And it is absolutely a great way to learn. It is imperative. It is a must. However, I don't want you to limit yourself to a master class uh, or Linda Learning or Coursera or whatever. Those are all great to get in and begin to grow some actual knowledge. But knowledge can be limiting. Knowledge in and of itself. Hey, I watched this video. I read this book. But if I don't do anything with the knowledge, guess what? I'm not growing. Knowing is only a part of growing. So if you're not sure that you really want to commit and learn this skill, uh, good. Start there. Let's go get some knowledge. Okay? But know that you're at the lowest level. You're at the very beginning, and now we've got to move up the ladder, if you will. Okay? First step of the ladder is knowing knowledge gain. Okay? Great. But if you're serious about growing, you need to take your learning to the next level. All right? So here's how we do that. Uh, uh, I can't help myself, folks. I am. Uh, I don't. I'm not going to apologize anymore. I'm six months into playing pickleball, and I will tell you, it's consumed me. It, it is. And I, when I say consume me, I'm very balanced, very involved at home. What I'm saying is, it is the thing that I want to do and play when I have some free time. I got up this morning. True story. I looked at the temperature. I don't know why, I don't know how, but we're going to have sunny and 65 degrees today. Can I tell you, I have been on my phone like a general manager before the NFL draft trying to find guys to play pickleball with me at 5 o'clock, 5.30 today. I'll extend that invitation to any of you in there. I just need to get outside and play pickle every free moment I can get. I love it. Now, I'm a competitive guy, so I'm going to use this as an example to help you see the bridge between knowing and growing okay so there's three ways to learn so that you can grow all right so i'm going to give this to you first you learn by observation so what do i do if i open up instagram right now on my phone it's littered with uh with pickleball videos i watch instructional stuff on youtube i'm watching stuff that's the idea of learning by observation 
The other thing I do is, is uh, when I've got a scheduled match, I will get up there about 20 minutes early and be while I'm stretching, I'm watching other pickleball players. So this is the idea. I learn through observation. That's that's what this is, okay? Second, we learn by doing. Okay? Now, let me let me bridge this. There is no question that I can watch a video, I can listen to a podcast, I can read a book, I can go to a conference, and through observation, I'm observing, listening, taking notes, watching, all that stuff. I can absolutely get knowledge, and some people pick it up faster than others. Uh, my brother is an example. Uh, he's my younger brother. Far more talented than I am. It irritates me to no end. Love him to death. But he's a cat. He's a kid that he could watch a video on how to change an engine, and he did this in a Volkswagen Bug, and he did it. Now let me tell you about me. I could watch the video for ten thousand hours and never even have a shot at changing the engine. Now that's just me. And we're going to walk through this. You're getting ahead of me. Whatever's going on in the prompters. Okay. So I am the guy who, who cannot just watch and do. I can learn something, but I would need some help. Okay? And, 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 and I would have to have someone with me, a mentor, something like that. That's just how I'm wired. So I do want to call this out. I am in no way saying that Learning by observation is not enough. For some of you, you can learn by observation and just get it done. But the second one is learning by doing, and I think this is better for everybody. And this is where we begin to see knowledge turn into actual growth and consistency. Okay? So let's take my pickleball example. All right? I did watch videos. I do watch videos. But what is important for me is that I am playing consistently and practicing Consistently, So the learning by doing. I watched this video, or a friend of mine gave me a tip last time, and now I need to try that. And the best way to try that is through practice, and then the next way is to put myself under fire and try to do it in a match. And I will say this. I am a believer in this stage of learning by doing, of doing it around people who do it really, really well. Because... They pull us. They push us by their example. I've said this before, and I'll share it again. When I trained for a half marathon, uh, I hit a I hit a lull where I was mentally, I was frying halfway through the long runs. I just was like, I, I was I was dealing with this voice. Uh, you don't need to do this. You're not in bad shape. You're a successful guy. You're a grown man. Why are you out here running? You don't want to run. Go home and watch football. Right? And I was struggling. So you know what I did? I called up a couple of guys who were really good runners, and I said, would you be willing to let me do my long runs with you? They were like, come on, man. And now I'm out there running with these experienced runners, better runners than me, faster runners than me, and they're setting my pace for me. They could run much faster, but they would agree to set my pace on my training regimen. And guess what never happened in any of those runs? Anybody? Never one time, Alex, did I have that voice. What are you doing out here? Why don't you go back home and 
watch a Netflix movie with your wife in your sweatpants with a lemonade. Never happened. Why? Because when I'm out there running with runners that are better than me, those runners are setting the pace. They're setting a faster pace. And so now my mindset is, man, I got to keep up with them. And in keeping up with them, my output is better. And that's the same idea, whether it's pickleball, speaking, leading, graphic design, whatever. Next, learning by getting coached. Now, this is the ultimate. Learning by observation, good. Learning by doing, better. Learning by getting coached, the best. You will see absolute acceleration. So what's next for me? You know it. I'm looking for a good pickleball coach out there that will give me some lessons. I'd like to take about six to ten lessons, see what he or she thinks, whoever I end up getting right, and I want to get coached. Because now I go from watching to I'm playing with guys that are better than me. Now, though, I need to get with a coach, and the coach is going to really fine-tune. This is where accelerated growth comes from. Listen to me. Tiger Woods, the greatest golfer in the world. Phil Mickelson, I could go down the list. All of these PGA golfers, you talk about a hard sport. Holy smokes, golf is hard. These are the best golfers in the world. Every one of them has a coach. And you know what? If they went out and played 18 holes, those golfers would smoke their coach. They're not. The coach isn't a better golfer. The coach is somebody that can see things that they can't see. So coming up next, I'm going to give you the five traits of a really good coach and what you're looking for from this coach. And this can change your trajectory. Don't miss it. It's coming right up. Hey, high school seniors and parents of high school seniors, it's almost graduation time. And if you're not sure about next steps, I want you to listen to this. Coding skills are essential in today's workforce. And my friends at Bethel Tech can help you start a new career really fast and do it cheap. It only takes nine months to complete a Bethel Tech course in UI, UX design, full stack development, data science, or cybersecurity. And your young person can get over a thousand hours of experience in a collaborative environment and then get placed. The average starting salary for a junior developer is $66,000. And the field is projected to grow by 22% over the next five years. Software development is a career with an enormously bright future. And right now, Bethel Tech is offering you 10% off if you watch or listen to the Ken Coleman show and you pay cash. So go to BethelTech.net slash Ken Coleman, BethelTech.net slash Ken Coleman right now for details. Terms and conditions do apply. All right, I'm going to give you five traits of a really good coach. If they don't do these things, uh, they're not a coach. And, and and let me give you why this is really good. Because now this is I'm going to spread this out to everybody in the audience. If you are in a management or leadership position, you need to lean in right here and take notes. Because I believe that the great leaders are great coaches. I, in fact, I will tell you, 
If you can't be a great coach, you will never be a great leader. So the converse is true. If I learn to take on the traits of great coaches, I will, by osmosis, in an organic way, become a coach. And so I think there's five traits, and we could also say five responsibilities of a coach. A coach must embody these five things. And so if you're looking for a coach, uh, and, and you need to make sure you go, okay, I need this from you. Uh, if you're going to hire a coach, a financial coach, uh, a health coach, I'd ask them, I'd interview them, and I would make sure they address these five things. Do they have? Are they going to do these five things for you? And if you're a leader, you need to be doing these five things with your team. Here we go. I'm going to list them out, and then I'm going to unpack them. First, a great coach observes. Second, a great coach instructs. Third, a great coach corrects. Fourth, a great coach encourages. And five, a great coach empowers. Let's break this down. All of us need a coach. All of us need a great coach in our life. Multiple areas. I need somebody that's observing me. All right, I'm going to watch you do this thing. I'm going to watch you play pickleball. I'm going to watch you play golf. I'm going to look at your financial habits. I'm going to look at your budget. Look at your spending. I'm going to look at your bank account. Come on. That's what a great coach does. A great coach is assessing. A great coach is analyzing in this. This observe means they are analyzing, they're assessing. The great coaches in any sport have a knack for watching a player in a position. They can watch them play for five minutes. I don't care if it's soccer, tennis, basketball, football. They can watch somebody and they go, all right, I I, I could see where this player is gifted. I can see where this player has some shortcomings or uh, some areas of improvement. This is what a great coach does. They just can observe and they assess and they analyze as a part of that. And they go, okay, I can see where you need to get better. Again, using the golf coach example, Tiger Woods golf coach can't come close to beating him in a tournament. But Tiger Woods golf coach can watch him play 18 holes. He can watch him on the driving range, and he can watch the swing, and he can look at some things, and he's able to see things that Tiger can't. My goodness, he's in the middle of the swing. So that's the first trait and the first action is you need somebody that is observing you and watching you and seeing things, watch this, that you can't see. The only way to remove your blind spot is to have a coach. Second, let's look and instruct. Uh, now the, the coach has, has assessed, analyzed where you can grow, where you can improve. All right. Now the coach comes in and goes, all right, here's what I noticed. Uh, Ken in pickleball, on your return to serve, you're winding up. You got too long of a stroke. You just need to hear, boom, quick, shorten your stroke. It's going to give you more accuracy, more power. All right. And I'm going, okay, okay. All right. And, and, and so so he's observed that, right? And so now he's going, okay, so here's what we're going to do. He goes, uh, and we're going to have the little the little uh, ball machine, and we're going to fire some stuff at you. And so he's standing off to the side, and I'm at the baseline, and the machine's firing shots at me, and he's watching. Are you shortening that stroke? He's going, okay, stop. All right. So good. You've now stopped the big windup. Now let me, let me show you. So start your paddle here. And we want to start here. But I'm making all this up like I know what I'm talking about. This is where I actually need coaching. But but he's going to say something like, here's where you start and here's where you finish, right? So they come in and they instruct. 
They now say, I observe where you need to grow. Here's some deficiencies. Watch. Weaknesses. Here's, I'm going to teach you how to do it the right way. I'm going to show you. I'm going to get in and I'm going to instruct you. A great financial coach goes, we got to do a budget. I'm going to show you how to do a quickie budget. That's how Dave Ramsey came up with all this stuff. Dave Ramsey was coaching couples from his church at his kitchen table. And I've heard Dave tell the story. He'd get out a legal pad and he would sit with couples and he would walk them through how to do a budget. Dave Ramsey's one of the greatest coaches I've ever met. I've watched Dave teach me and other people how to water ski. He he gets in and he's really good at going A, B, C, D, E. A great coach instructs. Third, they correct. The really good coaches make their money and they drive results in this stage. They correct. They've instructed, okay? They've shown you how to do it, and now they get back in that observation mode. Remember, all of these work together. Observe, instruct, correct, encourage, empower. It, 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 it just, it's just a thing, okay? It's just always working off of each other. So the, the coach comes in and goes, all right, we got to fix this. And I just talked about the correction part. And so we'll move on. I got ahead of myself in the example, but the correction part is, look, here. Okay, you're coming back here. It needs to come back here or whatever. And they begin to, sh- they correct. Okay, I showed you how. Not close that time. Let me show you the video, right? Correct. On the field, in the game. Correcting. Hey, get over here. My coach, my high school basketball coach, Benny Polk, was great at this. He'd go, Coleman! You know, uh, if it was a dead ball. And I'd run over the sideline real quick and go, look, you need to do this. He's he's correcting in game. You know, slide above the pick. Don't go under it. Go over top. That's a quick in-game correction. Great coaches have the courage and they shoot a straight fourth. They encourage. All right? And it's usually like this. Hey, Coleman, get over here. What, What is it, coach? Hey, slide over the pick, right? Here's how you do it. Feel it. Get your hand back there. He's correcting me real quick in game. And then what does he do? Slaps me on the butt. Get out there. I don't know if that's politically correct anymore, but back in the 90s, your your coach could smack you on the butt. Nobody thought it was weird. You know, I long for the old days, right? Coach would smack you on the helmet. You didn't think he was abusing you. (laughs) Mom, coach hit me on the head. I digress. By the way, a coach yell at me. And I didn't get my feelings hurt. Dad, my coach yelled at me, didn't respect me. I know my truth. Oh, my gosh. Back in my day, the coach yelled at you and you said, yes, sir. All right. Sorry. I digress. What does the coach do there? Encourages. Hey, you got this. Hey, we practiced this. Do it like you did in practice. You nailed it in practice. Go out there and you got this. And that's the fifth and final trait. Encourage leads to empower. The coach says, hey, you got this. Shake it off. Shake that play off. Next series, next possession, next set, next game, next week. I'm going to put you back out there. That's the empowering. At the end of the day, the coach has got to empower. I've taught you. I've corrected you. I've encouraged you. Now I believe in you. 
I believe in you. Go. So leaders, let me tie this in. I think we are in a leadership crisis in America where we see a, a growing disengagement, quiet quitting, a lack of trust, can't get people to come back in the office. And I just think there's all these techniques and tricks and we're trying to incentivize. And I don't think any of it's going to work. I think it's about leading people like a coach. People don't want a better job. They want a better life, leaders. They don't want a better job. They want a better life. And a better life, and the data is just thick. I could go through it by reams of paper. People want to know that they got a shot at growing. Growing in their responsibility, growing in their achievements, and growing in their bank account. Let me say it again, leaders. If you aren't giving the people you lead a chance to grow in their responsibility, grow in their achievement, and grow in their bank account, you aren't leading like a coach. And you will struggle, just like every other leader who doesn't understand this, to keep people engaged and keep people loyal. You lead them like a coach. You observe where they're good, where they can grow. You instruct them on how they can grow and get better. You correct them as they're going along the way. You encourage them and you empower them. They're going to look at you and they will follow you to the gates of hell with a water pistol because they see that you are helping them make themselves better and thus get a better life. Lead like a coach and you'll win championship after championship after championship. This is that simple, folks. It's that simple. People want to be built into, developed, and believed in. That's the difference. This is the Ken Coleman Show. Be right back. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Don't we all need help being better? And they're great at it. You know, we all carry around a lot of stress from our family life and our professional life, and it can just hit us at the same time. Big stuff, small stuff. And we can talk to our friends. Or maybe you have a great relationship with a leader at work or a coworker, but you may not feel comfortable telling them everything. I know I wouldn't. And when we keep things bottled up, it will eventually leak out. And it's really negative. But therapy, it's a safe space to get everything off your chest with an unbiased professional and figure out how to work through the stuff that's weighing you down. So if you've thought of therapy before, you're thinking about it now, please try BetterHelp. Therapy isn't just for people who've gone through trauma. It's great to build skills, to become better personally and professionally. And BetterHelp is flexible enough to fit your busy schedule because it's completely online. All you do is fill out a short questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And you can switch therapists at any time for no extra cost. It's time to get stuff off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Ken today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Ken. Welcome back to the Ken Coleman Show. Hey, if you feel like uh, you aren't getting the opportunities you want, I can tell you what's going on. You aren't making the right connections. In other words, you aren't putting yourself around the right people in the right places, and that's why you're not getting opportunity. So to fix that, you got to put yourself around the right people, 
put yourself in the right places, and you'll never want for opportunity. Now, I'm not saying it happens overnight, but it will happen. And I'm going to break this down in a webinar coming up Tuesday, February 20th, noon Eastern, 11 Central. You can go to kencoleman.com slash webinars to sign up. It's absolutely free. But I'm going to do a short lesson on the proximity principle and how you apply it daily, weekly, monthly, yearly. And it's going to set you on a trajectory that doors will open your whole life. And people will say stupid stuff like, when you're not around, by the way. And sometimes around, you well, you're in the right place at the right time. Like it was some dumb luck. And you go look at them and go, nope, I was in the right place. And the right time found me. Ho! That's good. That'll preach. February 20th, KenColeman.com slash webinars, KenColeman.com slash webinars. Join me. I'll teach very briefly, about 10, 12 minutes. And then we open it up for questions, and I'd love to help you. Speaking of coaching people, I love to do it. Uh, How about Austin from Austin? Sounds like a Lifetime movie or a Hallmark love story. Austin from Austin. Austin, you're on the Ken Coleman Show. Hey, Ken. It's an honor to speak with you. Thank you for taking my call. You bet. What's going on? Yeah, just a a quick backstory. Uh, So I've been in public safety for 16 years. I promoted into a different division within the fire department a couple years ago. Before that promotion, I was working on shift on a fire unit, and I was also doing real estate um, since 2015 until the promotion. Uh, Since then, I went inactive with my real estate license since I work a more traditional work schedule Monday through Friday. Um, And this past June, I was informed that my former broker and a a huge mentor of mine died suddenly in an accident. Oh, I'm so sorry. Thank you. Um, Ever since then, I've struggled with my purpose and my career. Uh, That incident really revealed to me how unpredictable and short life can be. Yeah. I I don't have any additional education or training other than my real estate license and in public safety. There's not a lateral opportunity. You essentially have to start over if you move into another department. Right. And one of the main things that's really keeping me in my current spot is I make what I consider to be pretty great money and the work itself isn't very demanding physically or emotionally. I'm about four years away from being eligible to collect a small pension, but realistically, I'd need to put in at least 10 to 15 more for it to be substantial income. How old are you? 36. Okay. And um, so I'm just trying to figure out, should I just try and and work on a mindset change on on the positive parts of what I'm doing? Yeah, yes and no. I I think that's what's going to keep you... um, in an emotionally healthy place, if you change your mindset. Um, And the mindset just has to be, I'm really blessed to have a great job with the fire department that doesn't require a ton of me. And it's good money. And schedule's not bad. And so I'm kind of digging this day job right now because it's going to allow me to plan and then prepare to launch into something else. So I think it's a great day job that, that uh, gives you a good base to figure out what the next thing is and go after that dream job. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. Um, I just, uh, it's, there's a bit of a culture issue. I can tell in your answer, you're like, yeah, Ken, that makes sense in my (laughs) head, but something else is going on. feels like you just, it's hard to be there. Yeah, that's that's an accurate way to describe it. Okay, tell me what's going on, and only because I want to figure out, is it possible to overcome that, or is it just at a point where 
we would truly call it toxic and you need to get out. I'm very, very cautious to use that word because I think it's overused. So what's going on in that environment that's making you go, eh, I don't know, I can stick this out. Um, well, there's definitely some, some silver lining, but um, it's a fairly young department and there's a lot of founding members that are still there, kind of a good old boy society, how it used to be, and they kind of abused their power and privileges. And How? How are the old firemen abusing you younger guys? Tell me. Um, uh, it's, it's mainly through, um, I would say, a- attitude and um, this, there's basically a, it seems to be a disdain for the younger yeah. people that, that free to speak their minds. And- Is that it? Is that the biggie? And I'm not in any way minimizing it. I'm just trying to quickly get to, because I want to get to your future, but Part of our future discussion has got to be able to, Ken, what can we do in the now? So is that the big thing? Is there just rude and jerks and old farts, grumpy old men? <laughs> There's probably a few in every department, but uh, and I'll probably be one one day. But um, No, but I'm saying, is that the big thing? I'd say in my particular division where I'm at, I'm, I'm specifically in the code enforcement side of things. Okay. It, and basically, I'm sent out to go do inspections and find, um, and most people correct the issues, but if I have to use some kind of leverage or force, I'm, I'm actively working against my superiors on trying to get uh, get them to correct those issues. So I'm being sent out. I feel like I'm being sent out to fail, essentially. Okay. So that is a deeper issue than, than just being grumpy old men. It's They're telling you to go out and do your job. You go inspect something, and you go, this needs to change. And uh, the taxpayer or consumer organization doesn't do it. And so then you go, I got to go up a level to get some authority to try to crack the whip. And they go, ah, let it go. Is that what I'm... Okay. I don't think that's something that you... You know what? First of all, it's ridiculous on, on a philosophic level that they're not like enforcing the things unless... And boy, I may get myself in hot water with you, Austin, but I'm going to be real with you. I think there's a lot of stupid, arcane, government overreach, regulatory crap that maybe these grumpy old men go, this is a stupid policy thought up by some politician who can't pull his head out of his you-know-what, and we're not going to enforce it because we think it's stupid. Is that possible? Um, I, I feel I'm a reasonable person. I'm, I'm a limited government government person myself. Okay. Which- is always been the last. So you don't think opinion. that's you don't think that's part of the issue? Uh, no, sir. Specifically, with not people not complying, kind of on purpose, and like, what are you going to do? And it's not that I, I'm not really set out to um, jam anyone up. But. I get it. Okay, so here's my point. I I don't think this is something you can't overcome. My point is, you can only do what you can do. And so I'm all I'm looking for is a really smart bridge between where you are and where you want to be. So do you want to be in real estate? Let's focus the next couple of minutes on where you want to be. Because I think you've thought about this, your mentor passing away suddenly. You've been in the business of helping people. For 16 years, you've been protecting people, serving people. You have a high people quotient. True or false? Uh, true. Where do you want to be? What do you want to do? If you knew you couldn't fail, what would you go try tomorrow? Um. Well, I truly do like helping people. Uh, my wife and I had led FBU once before COVID, right. and we got a, we got a lot of joy out of helping seeing people succeed and take the no advice. question. 
you are absolutely a guy who is compassion driven. My question is, do you want to go back into real estate? Do you want to sell houses and help people make a dream? What is it? What is on your heart? Um, I think I like what I do. I just, I wish I had a different regime and that's going well, to happen in the next. So you're telling years. me the answer to your future question is you like what you're doing. You just don't like who you're doing it for. Yes, sir. Well, so we got a problem because now we got to transfer, right? So this is not a, Ken, what should I do with my life question. This is a, ugh, I know what I want to do, but I'm somewhat limited. Is that true? Yeah. Is mm-hmm. there not another fire department or some other, you know, like what What are your real options here? Because I don't know your world. Yeah, like I said, it's typically, um, so if it's a civil service department, which has afforded some additional protections and stuff, the cutoff age is 36, they even apply there. And like I said, you really, in those places you have to start as a probationary member and work your way I get up. that. I'm saying, is there not another division of what you do somewhere else in the city or in another county? Um, not as, I mean, there are, but they don't, they usually hire from like in the department itself up that up that ladder well but wait a second now we're limiting ourselves now all of a sudden you go wait 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 there are some options for you is it going to be difficult is it going to take a little while you got to make some connections use the proximity principle and get over there and start meeting people that is possible yes or no it's possible well you got to try you're not trying the other issue is this is to sit down with your leaders and go guys I just need you to explain to me why when I bring this stuff to you, you're not doing anything about it. Have you done that? Uh, I've done that with my direct supervisor. And what's the answer? Uh, so I would say I'm on the fourth rung. He's third rung, and it's the one and two rung on one and two that we're, we meet a brick wall. Okay, so what does he say about how to solve this? The one that's actually working with you and your direct supervisor? Um, kind of similar philosophy, just the to kind of wait it out and do control what we can control in the meantime and without violating any policies or um, abusing anything, kind of just doing what we can and leaving them out of it. uh, Well, then then I think that's good advice. I got to tell you, based on what you've told me about what you want to do, you're going to have to learn to be mature here and go, I cannot control what these guys are going to do. So I'm going to do my job to the best of my ability. The good people in this life who go, yep, I'm out of, I'm in violation. I need to fix this. The the rascals, the people that are derelicts or whatever we're dealing with here, they're going to get their own medicine one way or the other. True or false? Uh, true. True. There's nothing you can do about it. So move on. Right. You know, Here, here's my point. I've coached close to 10,000 people on this show. I know for a fact that not every one of them have done what I've told them to do. And I got to be okay with that. I'm here to help the ones I can help. You got a job to do. And the ones that you do your job on, they do what's right. Great. The others, you can't do anything about it. Am I right? Yes, sir. I think that's your mindset right now because it's different. You don't want to go do anything else. So now you got to learn to work within the situation. I think it will take care of itself. These situations with bad leadership, and it's this one like this, it almost always comes out in the wash, and, and I think it'll come out, and I think you just keep doing what you want to do. Does that make sense? Yes, sir, it does. All right, my man, get your chin up, get your shoulders back, and go do your job. Your job. Can't do anything else. Thanks for listening to The Ken Coleman Show. 
For more, you can find the show on demand wherever you listen to podcasts and watch the show on YouTube. You can also find Ken across all social media by following at Ken Coleman.